Here's Pastor Jesse Gastan as we get today's broadcast of Way of Grace underway. He is the epitome of honor. He is the council of honor. He is the grounds of honor. He is the end and destiny of honor by the Father. The Father honors everything that he made through Jesus. Christ is the Father's honor. Nothing is honorable apart from Christ. Hi there, and welcome to Way of Grace. Our teacher and pastor, Jesse Gastand, will wrap up the week with our message called Called to Honor, Being Honorable People. It stems out of 1 Peter chapter 2 and Isaiah chapter 9. It's there that we get a good sense of what honor really is, where it comes from, what it should look like, the character of honor, and how the gospel fits into all of this with the gospel ethics. And we'll take a quick trip to Luke chapter 6 for that one here today. This is all a foundation, if you will, for our look at Esther. As next week, we begin a marvelous journey through Esther, taking a look at honor in all of it. Here's Pastor Jessica Stand with today's broadcast of Way of Grace. The reason why God honored David the way he did, David was a radical worshiper of God. He set the whole system of worship because God is to be glorified in worship. Do you understand that? May God move you to another level, a greater clarity, a a, a sense of understanding of the depth of it. I'm not talking foolish, sensual, hyper-emotionalism. I'm not talking that. That's crazy. I'm talking a sincere depth of worship that moves your soul to worship God honorably. Honorably, based upon revelation. There's some of us that are way too cool. It's dishonorable. Way too cool. Probably cold. Now, I do believe that God has to work through the whole of our system to create a fire that goes up and down and turn you into a cherubim. You saw it, remember? The man on the throne, the Lord Jesus, the fire going up and down him. And when John saw him in Revelation chapter 1, he turned and saw him, the voice that spake with him, and he saw the fire coming out of his eyes. He saw the fire having brazened his feet. Christ was white hot for God all the time. White hot for God all the time. That's foolishness to some of you. I know it. I know it's foolishness to some of you. You're too cool in worship. Point number five. The character of what I'm calling attributes of honor. I'm going to stop right here. The character and attributes of honor. We've talked about honor. We've defined honor. And honor is the way we think, the way we speak, the way we act. It's a behavior, and it becomes an attitude, really. And there are seven things I want to say about it. First and foremost, when you and I are operating out of an honor principle, we are sincere. Do you guys see that that characteristic? It's really an attribute. I'll talk about the difference between the two later on down the line. Sincerity simply means that you are not intentionally bringing into your motivation and drive for something a hypocritical motive. Sincerity, is, it really means that you are thoroughly genuine about what you're doing. Am I making some sense? 
And that's essential to your worship of God or honor of God or honor of anyone. If you are seeking to honor someone, but it's mixed with a hypocrisy, it's going to be the flattery I'm going to talk about here in a moment. So you have to be sincere. You have to be sincere. And then honesty. Now, honesty and sincerity are two different things. Sincerity avoids hypocrisy. Honesty simply means to bring to bear what you really know about the situation. No more, no less. I'm just being honest. You know how we use that phrase? I'm just being what? Right. I'm not qualifying it by a bunch of qualifiers. I'm just being honest. And when we're honoring someone, it's simply because the data has come in and we understand the data and they are appropriately now do the honor that is to be bestowed upon them. Thirdly, honor is what? It's discreet. Now, let me say something about discretion. This is critical. Discretion means that you are not seeking to honor someone in a way that actually uh, denies them being honored or exposes them to some kind of scandal or puts them in an embarrassing situation. When you honor people, you're discreet. There's a discretion in honoring people. That's the underlying principle by which God operates with you and me. Oh, do you know how jacked up I would be if all y'all knew everything that I was thinking right now, whenever I preach? Do you understand that God has blanketed all of us with a kind of discretion that allows us to interact and be with each other while as yet you don't know everything about me and I don't know everything about you and we don't need to know everything about us? Down the line, when I, when I deal with honor on the category of forgiveness, because I'm going to talk about honor in the area of forgiveness, I'm going to remind you once again that you don't forget everything and you don't remember everything. And because you don't forget everything and you don't remember everything, you and I are wrong in what we remember and what we forget. And only God remembers correctly and only God forgets totally. And that's because of the doctrine of forgiveness. And that's why he tells us to honor one another by forgiving one another. Because you don't remember correctly and you don't forget correctly. Only God remembers, only God forgets because he gave us his son as his forgiveness to us. That's good. So sincerity is what the true character of honor is. It's honest, it's discreet. It's also what? That's right. It's also discerning and discriminating. It does not what? Right. So as we are going to be working through this over the next coming weeks and months, and you guys are practicing among yourself as the saints do, don't flatter. Don't flatter. Proverbs chapter 26 verse 1 tells us, that honor is not fitting for a fool. Honor is not fitting for a fool. And verse 8 tells us that wise people will not bestow honor upon a fool. That's like giving a stone into the sling of someone that's going to harm you with it. Did you guys hear what I just stated? You don't just honor everyone in any kind of way. When it says honor all men, it means using discretion and discrimination and discernment as to how they should be honored. And I laid it out in your outline. They should be worthy of it. Am I making some sense? I'm going to let you go here in a few minutes. It's important. Honor is what you think, say, and do towards those whom both God has told us to honor and those who what? To those whom God has told us to what? And those who what? Which means that honor is not a matter of how you feel. I don't feel like honoring him. I don't feel like honoring her. Honor 
does not reside in your feelings. It, re it resides in God's imperative given to you to do it because God is wiser than you and I about the blessings and benefits of honor. I don't want to honor my mama. You, well, God told you to honor your mama. I don't want to honor my father. Well, God told you to honor your father. Well, he doesn't deserve honor. Well, maybe you don't. I don't want to honor my husband. Well, God told you to reference him, love him, cherish him, honor him. I don't want to love my wife. Then you're lost because Christ told you to love her. I don't want to love my children. Well, your children are in bad shape because you're a poor example of God. I just gave you five of the 40 I'm going to give you. Y'all with me? You see how jacked up we are? See how jacked up we are? And God means to bless the commonwealth of Israel starting with you and everyone around you by you being honorable. You see it? Point number six. Why a gospel ethic? Why a gospel? Ethics are the way we do a thing. Morals are the reason why we do them. Morals are always the why of what we do. Ethics are the how of what we do, okay? When you are ethical, it's what you do. When you are moral, it's how you think. Why gospel ethics? Why does your Bible give you so many instructions on how to act? Because God wants your life to be lived at the highest value. That's why. Because God wants you to be exceedingly blessed with being his sons and daughters and living out of the abundance of a value system that is the direct consequence of your communion and fellowship with God. You guys get that? Just like that. In your own time, read Luke chapter 6, verse 30 through 38. I'm going to quote one verse, and you Pentecostalists will know it. Give! <laughs> Give! Stay with me, you charismatic. Stay with me now. <laughs> Give! And it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaking together, and running over, shall men pour into your bosom. You can laugh. It's all right. You can laugh. And, and what what the prophets have done with that, P-R-O-F-I-T, and snatched that text up out of his context and made it all about money. And that text is all about character. It's all about character. It's all about character. That a person of character will always be operating from a position of strength, from an opportunity perspective and from an appreciation perspective. And so because they're giving, it's always coming back. How many of you guys know that now? Have you, how many of you guys have learned that because you are givers, you have way more than you need? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that absolutely amazing that because you have honored God in certain areas, that God has just made you a vehicle of utter blessing? And we're, we're not there, those of you who are not there, this is the year for you. 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 Next point. Watch this now. So models of honorable men and women, I'm just going to state them for the, for the record so people listening on the radio can hear it, and then we'll unpack this over the weeks and months and years to come. Abraham and Sarah were called the father and mother of all faithful. Is that an honor? 
Abraham's the father, Sarah's the mother. Where's that at? First Peter chapter three, Sarah's the mother. You guys are supposed to be the daughters of Sarah. You guys got that? You, you believing women are the daughters of Sarah. You know what that means? You got, you got to go back and look at how God honored Sarah and how she lived. Joseph called the prime minister of Egypt. Was he honored? By his humility, he saved the whole world. We're dealing with that in our men's study. Men, you ought to be there. That's all I'll say. Moses called to lead Israel as the prophet, priest, and king. Did God honor Moses? For one reason, Moses submitted to God. Next category. Notice what it says. Job was called to reflect God's glory amongst, amongst the uh, ancient men. Did God honor Job? You open your Bible. Guess what? The, the book opens up talking about how God is honoring Job in heaven. Job on earth and God's honoring Job in heaven. And then honors him all through his trial and then exalts him again in the end. Is Job a great type of Christ or what? But Job was willing to be a son of God and go through chastening to be honored. We're going to use that as one of our case studies too. Hannah, did God honor Hannah? Now, do you know the form of honor that she exercised by which God honored her? What is it? Prayer. All you read about this woman is she was on her knees. On her knees calling out to God in her want and in her desires and in her passion to have a son. And God gave her Samuel who transitioned the whole kingdom. And her prayers were anointed by the Holy Ghost and carried over to both Elizabeth and Mary. All because of one honorable position on Hannah's part. She went to God in prayer. She went to God in prayer. Those that honor me, I will also honor. Got it? Daniel, we just talked about him. What was the form of honor that he operated out of? Dedication. He was dedicated. Listen to me, saints. You're not going to get anything out of Jesus at all if you're not committed to him. You get nothing from him. If you don't commit yourself to Christ, he will not commit himself to you. Did you guys hear what I just stated? I love you. I love you enough to tell you in the year 2018, your problem is commitment. And because of it, you, you, you don't see, all you can do is play church because you're not committed. Real disciples are committed. And when you're committed to him, guess what? He's committed to you. Yep. It's just that simple. And then Joseph and Mary, they were called to bear the mystery with Christ in a pattern of humility that led to their exaltation, right? Yeah. Next category. Next category. I'm going to give you now seven models of dishonorable people, and I want you to think about them. And we're going to take this one up in the new year in honor of women. I'm going to deal with Eve, why she is called dishonorable. One of the reasons why the vast majority of our present postmodern anti-male loving culture hates your Bible is because the Bible attributes the fall to Eve. And if you do your studies, you'll find that was the case. She was very dishonorable. She was very dishonorable. Was she not? She had the pinnacle of glory at her hands. And she disregarded God's word. She dishonored God's word, didn't she? And she entered into communion with God's arch adversary. You dishonor God, 
If you're forward with God, he'll be forward with you. And we'll unpack that as we honor women because we're going to honor women this year. Like we're going to honor men and we're going to honor families and we're going to honor marriage and we're going to honor children. I'm going to immerse you this year with the concept of honor because you, you, we just need it. So you can see your Bible correctly. Because you don't see your Bible. I can tell you, you don't, you read your Bible, you don't see any of this. Now you're starting to see it, aren't you? Even just because I'm talking to you. Lot dishonored God. He dishonored God's promise to Abraham. Now Lot that ungrateful, selfish, carnal believer. I could say more about him. He endangered and destroyed his family just because of the lust of his flesh and a carnal choice to go after Sodom and Egypt when he should have followed Uncle Abraham who, by the way, was the means by which he was led out of Babylonian paganism in the first place. He's going to get large down the line, and his largeness is going to lead him to a carnal decision that destroys his whole family. Is it true? Some of us are like Lot. Well, Lot was saved, barely. He was. Barely. Now, if you're a nephew of Abraham and you're Lot, you're ashamed. And if you're a father with children who ended up going to hell because of your carnal choices of riches and wealth, and you had a subtle uh, proclivity to perversion, which led you as a compass to the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, you are ashamed because your children are always impacted by your proclivities. You are ashamed. Do you hear me? Dishonorable. King Saul, was he dishonorable? God told him what to do. He did what he wanted to do. And then when Samuel separated from him, he grabbed Samuel's garment and it rent. And Samuel said, God God has taken the kingdom from you by that prophecy. You know what the hypocrite said? Well, okay, but I still need you to walk with me in the presence of the people of God so they can honor me because you're present. That's called false religion. That's called hypocritical religion. You guys understand that? hypocritical religion. It didn't save Saul, did it? He ended up going to the witch of Endor because he never knew God in the first place. That's what people do who pretend to know Christ. They end up at the door of the witch of Endor. Keep going. Micah, Saul's daughter, dishonored David. Do you see that? Now what happened? David finally got the ark back home. That brother dancing in the streets and the saints are dancing with him. Told you real worship makes you dance in your soul. You can't be too cool when you know the God of glory is present. But watch this. There can always be somebody that despises the sincere worship of your heart. Now, the last person that should have despised David was his wife. Because God had given her an opportunity to be the queen of the Davidic kingdom, snatching her up out of Saul's line which was a type of grace given to her that she didn't deserve. And because she was not born again, she was thinking dishonorably, wasn't she? And the text tells us, tells us she despised David publicly. And you know what happened to her, right? God, God shut her up. David shut her up. We never heard from her again, did we? Here's another one. Absalom. David wanted Absalom to be king. But Absalom was dishonorable in his thoughts, wasn't he? Simple. He didn't honor his father. Didn't honor his mother. You know what him and his brother did? 
Crazy stuff. These are dishonorable people. Here's another one. Ananias and Sapphira, remember? They want to run up in church and act like they're really giving something when they weren't really giving anything. And, and they could dupe us because we're all horizontal people. We could be duped by people who pretend to give. This is why I tell you about giving. Don't be talking about giving. We don't do that here. What if every one of us were measured by Ananias and Sapphira around giving? We wouldn't have no church. By the way, that's an area of honor and dishonor for some of you. Some of you are dishonorable in your giving. That's going to be on the list next week. Remember I told you it's going to be this. <laughs> Judas Iscariot. I'm going to show you something about Judas Iscariot. He betrayed, betrayed Christ with a price of dishonor. The literal word for honor is the word for price in the text where the prophet Zechariah, the prophet Malachi said, give me my price, Zechariah. And it was pointing to Judas who went and sold Jesus out for a price. This is how much value Jesus had in Judas's heart. Stay with me. Look. When he, when he assessed the totality of his walk with Christ, which was three and a half years, and all that he saw and all that Christ did, the price that Judas valued the master at, was 30 pieces of silver. Which is the price of a slave that's already dead. Judas is the epitome of dishonorable thinking. The epitome of it. The epitome of it. He, he told the whole Jewish leadership, this is how I value Christ. He's a dead slave to me. How do you value him? I close with three statements about Jesus, who was the epitome of honor. The epitome, the epitome of honor. He is the epitome of honor. He is the counsel of honor. He is the grounds of honor. He is the end and destiny of honor by the Father. The Father honors everything that he made through Jesus. Christ is the Father's honor. Nothing is honorable apart from Christ. Because everything that is to be redeemed unto honor is redeemed by the one who honored his father. When Jesus came, Jesus honored his father, didn't he? I came not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. You know what Isaiah chapter 42 verse 21 says? He magnified God's law and he made it what? Honorable. Jesus came to honor his father. Guess who else Jesus came to honor? He came to honor his people. You and I are honorable people because Jesus honored us. You know what he did? He put us on his back. He put us on his back and carried us through hell and brought us out the other side and took his place at his father's right hand. And he put us there with him. Is that honor or what? And they shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And honor is the destiny of all God's people, for you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Studying God's word that we might show ourselves approved, that we might come to a deeper love and understanding of God's amazing love for us in Jesus Christ. This has been Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. 
We are always delighted and grateful that you take a few moments to spend with us, that we might, again, study to show ourselves approved. And as we leave you today, we would also leave you with an invitation to join us for worship in person. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Pastor Jessica Stand and Grace Bible Church of Hayward, please consider this a formal invitation to spend Sundays with us. 11 a.m. is the worship service, 10 a.m. if you would like to join us for Sunday school. And don't forget, Friday evenings at 8 p.m., we have enjoyed a marvelous time of studying God's Word with brothers and sisters in Christ from a variety of churches all over the Bay Area. That's at 8 p.m. Friday evenings. For directions and more information, simply stop by our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Or give us a call, 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're looking for a copy of today's program, you can either contact us by phone or mail. Send $5 and we'll get a CD out to you. Or stop by grace-bible.com and download the audio file for free. The address, if you're writing to us, is 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California. 94541 is our zip code. And one final note as we conclude our time together today. We're able to come to you daily here on KFAX because of friendships and partnerships with people such as you who see the value of this ministry. Now, while it is free to listen to, for us, there is a cost, and we are a listener-supported ministry. No matter the size of your gift, it's greatly appreciated. So would you take a moment and pray about it and then contact us with your gift today? 510-886-9782 is our phone number, or write to us, 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Until next time, God bless.